0: It was a cool Sunday afternoon. The sun was piercing the clouds, and the village of River was at peace. It was almost as if there wasn't a dark shadow haunting the rooms of Kingdom House. The new inhabitants of the house hadn't exactly been met with open arms, nor had they been accepted into the local community. They were viewed as a threat, as a stain on the serenity of the village as an abhorrent blemish on society. They were everything the war had been fought against. Britain had thought they had won the war and defeated the Nazi evil. And yet now, they found a bastion of the ideology in their own village. And to make matters worse, they weren't a political party. Instead, they claimed to be Christians. This cut at the very heart of the tradition and beliefs of the people, and they were beginning to become impatient, both with the inaction of the government and the painful civility of the League of Christian Reformers. As the breeze curled its way down the street, it carried the low rumble of a black, mud-spattered saloon car. Strapped to its roof were large loudspeakers it drew up to the massive gate that guarded the entrance to Kingdom House. At the wheel was the 48-year-old Victor Walker. His wide-brimmed hat shadowed his eyes from the sun. His jaw was set. His heart was beginning to pound. He was the pastor of Elim Four Foursquare Gospel Church and had driven 15 miles from Petersfield with the sole intention of engaging these reformers. He wanted to call them out for what he believed was blasphemy and believed they deserved to be rebuked. Parking the car, he stepped outside. He looked up at the gate that loomed over him. He grabbed the wide-ribbed microphone, his Bible under one arm. He adjusted his tie briefly. He lifted the microphone towards his face and began...
1: Hello, everyone. I propose to hold a short religious service here today.
0: His voice thundered through the village, piercing the silence. His words roared away across the fields to a chorus of disapproval from startled hens, geese and dogs in the nearby farmyard, wrote the local paper. As he spoke, his eyes wandered over to the windows of Kingdom House and caught sight of the silhouette of a woman. It was one of the Schneider sisters. As Pastor Walker continued, a second woman appeared at the window. Joan and May Schneider were intrigued. Never before had anyone confronted the league so directly. Undeterred, Pastor Walker continued.
1: Let us start with an old fashioned hymn.
0: He leant down and clicked on a gramophone record. The voices of a choir washed over the street. Jesus, lover of my soul, filled the air. By this time, the pastor had drawn quite a crowd. Cars were collecting in the narrow lane that led up to Kingdom House. Women and children were gathering on their doorsteps according to the local paper even local boy scouts halted their maneuvers and ran to the hedgerows overlooking the cult's citadel pastor walker was used to talking to large congregations he opened his bible to this second epistle to the thessalonians reading out the first 12 verses of chapter 2. with extra volume He read verses eight and
1: nine. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie.
0: This was a bold statement from the pastor he was calling out the heresy he saw right in front of the headquarters of those heretics. He didn't stop there, expounding on this scripture, saying,
1: Mr Winston Churchill said some time ago that there are many wonderful plans and utopian ideas being prepared for the future, but that unless men bettered their minds and hearts, these plans could never be brought to fruition. We believe, as ministers of the real Gospel, that only the Gospel of Jesus Christ can change the hearts and minds of men. As we look into the future of this atomic age, if this Gospel fails, there is nothing left but darkness, judgment, and tribulation. Surely, Mussolini was a deceiver surely hitler was a deceiver deceiving and both being deceived we believe that the only true messiah is the lord jesus christ i ask you in whom are you putting your trust is it in a tin pot dictator like the hitler of latter days
0: such a direct assault On the league's theology had never been made before faced with such confidence and conviction the response of the league was rather telling arthur schneider the custodian of kingdom house emerged carrying a tray with cups of tea he set it on the garden wall and offering pastor walker a cup he said i'm sorry you can't come in have your tea party out here As he headed back inside, he suggested, possibly sarcastically, referencing the League's confidence in the coming kingdom, that the pastor play the hymn, Thy Kingdom Come, next time. So utterly convinced of their beliefs, the League were unshaken in their position. Making light of the protest by calling it a tea party, Arthur Schneider's seemingly arrogant confidence shows just how deep their Hitler-based religious convictions went, how completely assured they were of their theology. Even in the face of such a bold challenge, they were unfazed. Not even a pastor at the gate could sway them. between the end of the First World War in 1918 and the outbreak of the Second in 1939 had been pivotal in the transforming of the state of Christianity in Britain. With the outbreak of the Second World War, people began to contemplate the ultimate issues of life, death, good, evil, suffering, and the nature of reality once more. Many came to belief in God as a means by which to try and understand or deal with the reality of war. As put simply by the old adage, there are no atheists in a foxhole. The post-war years were a time of transition in Britain. Church attendance declined, society began to become more liberal, secular and materialistic. Other religions, such as Islam, began to gain more of a following as immigration increased, and many people even began to reject religion as a whole, viewing it as mostly unnecessary in their daily lives, preferring to use their Sundays to play golf or go to the cinema. Into this setting, Baker and Battersby brought forward their new form of Christianity that they saw as the answer to the turmoil of war and the questions of salvation and hope. This was an amalgam of views, combining the end-times themes of revelation and biblical scripture with their political views of fascism and Nazism that they had formed during their time in Peveril. In April 1942, Baker gave a speech to his fellow Peveril inmates entitled God is Love, in which he laid out his views about Hitler and how God was supposedly using him. He believed that Hitler was acting on God's orders and that he was, in fact, the second coming of Christ. At the end of his speech, the audience, comprised of over 30 fascists, rose, applauded, shouted Hull Hitler, and gave Baker The Nazi salute. This marked the origins of the theology that would become the foundation of the League of Christian Reformers. Baker seems to have taken Battersby under his wing, teaching him about the true Christianity and the role of Hitler in salvation and judgment. This teaching took hold of Battersby, with him becoming a staunch follower of Baker's. This is evident in the fact that on October the 8th, 1942, Battersby wrote from Peveril to the Archbishop of Canterbury, Dr William Temple, imploring him to come to the truth of Hitler's role as a vessel of God. He wrote, I wish that you could visit me here in order that I might witness to you for God in the many details of which I am in possession. Battersby wanted to witness to the Archbishop of Canterbury in order to reveal to him the truth of his Hitler-based beliefs. He also viewed Baker as his spiritual mentor, who had a connection to the Holy Spirit and was receiving revelations he would pass on to Battersby. Battersby was so utterly convinced of this that he wrote that he could make this statement before God, and therefore, fearing no man and would, plead with the archbishop more earnestly than I have ever pleaded with any man that God may guide you to serve him in these hours of trial for our country. This idea was to become fundamental to the league's theology, that the war was an act of judgment from God on those who serve mammon. (laughs) The eschatological or end times idea of mammon can be found in the biblical teachings of Jesus from the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, where Jesus said that man cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon is a translation of a Hebrew word meaning money or wealth. The concept of mammon has been included as one of the seven princes of hell since peter binsfield's 1589 treaties on confessions by evildoers and witches in the case of the league of christian reformers this became synonymous with beliefs about a jewish global conspiracy common fascist teaching that can be traced back to the protocols of the elders of zion published in 1903 accused the Jews of being behind a vast conspiracy to overthrow the world through the media, the world financial system, usury and profiteering, and the propagation of communism. As all the main members of the League of Christian Reformers had previously been members of prominent fascist groups, such as the Link, the British Union of Fascists, or the Nordic League, it is not difficult to see how their religious beliefs and political affiliations became amalgamated during the pressure of the Second World War and the Peveril internment camp. However, the identification of the Jews as the centre of a global conspiracy was not where the beliefs of the League stopped. They went further, naming Hitler as God's judge and chosen to fulfil the divine will. They believed that Hitler was an instrument of God to bring about the destruction that had been religiously foretold for thousands of years. Not only this, they also believed that Hitler was himself the second coming of Christ and the reincarnation of the Saviour. When asked by a Daily Herald reporter in 1945 whether he believed Hitler was dead, Battersby replied, Hitler can never die, because the spirit of Christ is eternal. In Adolf Hitler, there was the spirit of Christ. Hitler was Christ come again. Although Pastor Walker would ultimately leave empty-handed, his protest, his courage to stand before the League of Christian Reformers, before the great gate that guarded their cult's headquarters would spark something that would bring about the fall of the league of christian reformers and the end of the worship of hitler as the second coming of christ thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Present History podcast, and the second in our Hitler's Kingdom Come project. Check back next week where we'll dig in a little further into just what the League truly believed, into the wacky, crazy, fascinating depths of their Hitlerite Christology. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok, subscribe on YouTube, and check out our website at presenthistory.co.uk. While on the website, you can also find a transcript of this podcast with all the references, citations and publications we used to inform our work. And we'll see you next time on the Present History Podcast.